Well, hi there, and welcome to this special Argus Freight podcast. Um, my name is Will Collins. I'm the editor of the Argus Freight Report based in London, um, and I'm very excited to have been joined here by Chief Shipping Analyst for Shipping Industry Association, BIMCO, Peter Sand. Good to be with you today, Will. Thanks for, uh, for the kind invitation. And thanks very much for coming. So this is um, this is a podcast, uh, part of our Argus Freight coverage, where we're looking at the weight of freight and, um, in particular, you know, the impact that freight has upon the the global commodity markets. Um, and uh, we are now getting towards the end of a a, a very unusual year. Uh, certainly not just for the freight industry, obviously for for the commodities space and and for the whole world as well. Um, on, you know, on a personal level and a business level, and sort of moving into the the winter period, which is typically uh, actually a slightly stronger period for for the freight market, where freight rates can can pick up. Um, you typically see more delays and so on and and um, a higher demand in some cases um, of course as discussed we are not in uh, the normal situation so the normal seasonal uh, patterns may not apply although we are seeing some positive signs for demand that that maybe um, the, the the industry the oil industry is starting to recover from its um, from from the the huge slump that we've had in 2020 and um, that's starting to have some small impact on tanker rates as well um, in, particularly in the dirty sphere particularly you know looking at VLCCs it's seen a little bit of a pickup over the past couple of weeks um, Argus's forecast is for global crude demand to rise by 5 million barrels a day in 2021 compared to 2020. Um, and we've seen the recent OPEC plus alliance agreement to um, increase production starting in January by 500,000 barrels a day. Uh, we've seen a little bit more demand from, from China and India as well recently, some, some increased buying from refiners in those countries. And um, I, I wondered, Peter, how do you how how do you see this, the state of the market at this point, and 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 what's your sort of near term outlook? Do you do you share this this cautious optimism, or or, or do you think it may be um, a little early to say at this point? From a fundamental perspective, we are facing dire straits. But I think the silver lining to uh, to to highlight here is 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 indeed that uh, that the winter market, regardless of uh, how things are looking fundamentally heading into it, can always bring uh, upside around. And as you mentioned yourself, we have seen a little bit of uptick in uh, in the VLCC freight rates in 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 uh, most current weeks, but they rest still below what we see as the break even for 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 a profitable trade or a loss making trade uh, so there's still ground to to cover before we can really uh, lean back and and enjoy christmas uh, with a, with a, a tiny profit uh, but above all uh, bimco do not expect a strong winter market this time around you mentioned yourself uh, that uh, that 2021 may see uh, a huge uh, positive growth in in demand but I have to uh, I have to highlight also the fact that uh, that the baseline from from which that growth is coming is even deeper. Uh, so uh, so making uh, making uh, use of, uh, of of the forecast from uh, from the the U.S. Energy Information Agency only earlier uh, this week, um, their prognosis were for for lost uh, oil uh, demand in 2020 at to the extent of minus 8. 
eight million barrels per day and a recovery of 5.8 in 2021. So, so we're basically short three million barrels per day heading into 2021. So, so let's just cross fingers, will that uh, that the uh, the winter market will uh, will uh, will give us just a little bit of uh, of fireworks uh, because uh, 2021 looks to be a a tough one uh, in, in in many ways. Yeah, yeah, no, um, definitely. And um, uh, I suppose that there's also going to be a question about how that demand will be spread. Uh, I know that the, um, the, the you know the prognosis for for Asian countries in 2021 is is uh, or the, the current a lot of the current forecasts are, are more positive in terms of demand growth than in um, Europe and the US, for example. And I wondered, um, you know, do, do you see there being a shift in in the, ton miles and, and then the shift in, in trade flows that could impact the freight market? Indeed, indeed. And, uh, and I think uh, we basically uh, got our heads around those, uh, those, uh, those potential uh, trade pattern changes uh, only yesterday when, uh, when, we, when we published BIMCO's shipping number of the week, uh, because, uh, because what you allude to here is, uh, is spot on. Uh, what uh, what we expect from, uh, from, from the recovery next year, where uh, the US and and other OECD uh, countries are likely only to get a 50% recovery in 2021, meaning that uh, that whatever was lost and is going to be lost in terms of demand in 2020 will only be uh, recovered by half in 2021. And that is in sharp contrast to uh, the recovery in oil demand that we, uh, or at least which uh, which could be expected from, uh, from India, from China and, and from non-OECD. Uh, so this whole uh, it's it's basically a, a, a massive uh, landslide that we are that we are seeing uh, for the past two decades in terms of uh, of, of pure economic activity uh, because if we if we uh, if we for uh, for a moment uh, look at the economic activity generated in the year 2000 80 percent of that was coming from the advanced economies and 20% from emerging markets. Fast forward to 2020, that ratio is now 60-40, meaning that the emerging markets and developing economies, which includes China, is just jumping fast forward. And, and this example is also what we see as a, surely a potential positive for the uh, oil tanker markets in 2021, because when you have growth, at least in, in some areas, and you ha then have imbalances uh, across the globe, that is very useful for global shipping, which is the facilitator of trade. So so when there is optimism and trade in one part of the world, it, it, it matters less that, uh, that the rest of the world is still somewhat in a, in a, in a zombie condition, whatever that uh, looks like in, in 2021. But, but if there are imbalances, there's also room for improvement of trade. So many of those well-established trade patterns that we have seen develop over, over many, many years uh, disrupted somewhat in, in uh, the most recent uh, five years from, uh, from increased U.S. exports, predominantly in the form of crude oil, but also in, in many forms of, of oil products. But that is likely to see a real reset right now. So, so, so what will develop in, in 2021? I mean, uh, will, will will be extremely interesting to to see, and and of course also to uh, to to see if some of the the early tendencies that we have already seen during the uh, uh, the pandemic 
month of, uh, of 2020, whether those tendencies will, will continue. And, and of course, here I'm focusing very much on, on some of the, uh, the, the newly established uh, long hauls that, uh, that we have seen. Uh, for instance, uh, out of Russia, uh, Russian uh, oil exports out of uh, Black Sea and, and out of Baltic Sea going all the way into China. We need those long hauls to stick around in order to at least uh, not get too many soft patches uh, once we once we get into what will otherwise be a massively wobbly uh, 2021. But uh, but I think we, we uh, at least from a from a forecasting perspective, um, heading into a, uh, another difficult year, but uh, but 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 perhaps not as uh, as um, as unpredictable as as 2020 have, have proven out to be. No, and I suppose the um, you know the fact that freight rates are at a, um, a generally quite a depressed level at the moment, as you alluded to uh, on I think most or, or all tanker classes at, at below the the average break even point, um, that then maybe does help or facilitate some of these longer flows um, because one of the one of the reasons why maybe you would look closer to home for your imports of oil or products or whatever it might be um, would presumably be because you can survive with lower freight rates and or lower freight costs for those longer hauls um, and um, you know wh- where freight rates are at a lower level maybe that will, will help these the sort of longer longer haul trips to, to develop a bit more in in, in the coming year as well. In, indeed, to to some extent, but I think only to a limited extent, because uh, at the end of the day, you also need to look at the at uh, at the the value of the cargo which is uh, which is carried. And and right now, when we when we have an oil price of fifty dollars a a barrel, and you have two million barrels on board a, a VLCC, uh, that's uh, that's that's a massively valuable cargo. So so the price of a the, the, the freight is is massively dwarfed by this and and if you go back to uh, only the uh, the heydays of uh, March and April uh, this year where uh, OPEC plus alliance uh, broke down and and cheap oil was uh, was uh, more or less uh, offered for f- not only cheaply but uh, but for free uh, at least on uh, on a futures level in in on the, on the VTI uh, basis but uh, but uh, Obviously, in theory, at least, uh, uh, cheaper freight rates uh, should uh, should facilitate and, and stimulate uh, demand. But in, in in reality, it's not the one factor that we need to uh, to 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 look out for. I think uh, the one factor that we need to look out for is uh, is how well uh, China will continue its economic stimuli. Because uh, if there's one driver in the uh, in the crude oil market uh, that has been for a couple of years now. China, uh, in, in in particular, a uh, swing factor. China taking oil from from the U.S. Obviously, we have seen that trade disrupted uh, many times over by uh, the trade war. But uh, but fortunately, we have also seen that barrels not ending up in in, in China in, in in 2018 ended up in South Korea instead. Uh, so from a ton mile perspective uh, the sailing distance covered by those barrels uh, heading off uh, to sea from uh, from the US uh, Mexican Gulf Coast were were were, were equally uh, valuable uh, in in terms of uh, tanker demand so i think that uh, that may be uh, the one thing that that we will uh, look uh, closely uh, into when uh, when coming uh, more into the details of 2021 uh, how much economic stimuli will uh, will spur imports of uh, of crude oil demand 
to uh, to China and, and India. We're noticing that uh, that Chinese crude oil imports have uh, grown by by more than 10% uh, for the past three years, and it's heading uh, along the same lines for 2020. So it has been a massive uh, growth story, and will that be uh, capable, or will that continue also in 2021? Time only will tell, but uh, but I think it's fair to say that as long as uh, as uh, the crude oil price uh, stays in, in, in somewhat of a range of 40 to 60 uh, dollars per, per, per barrel, I think the Chinese are in for, 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 for the long haul, stocking up on, on not only strategic petroleum reserves, but also for, 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 for commercial uh, aspects uh, as, as they constantly grow their, their inventories and, and oil demand. And and what of the um what of what of the well I, I say new joiners I, I guess that's that's the wrong phrase it should be um, rejoiners uh, potentially to the oil market um, such as as Libya of course which has recently restarted exports after a a, a hiatus of of nine to ten months over the first part of this year. Um, uh, and of course, uh, Iran as well. Uh, there's some some conciliatory noises um, from from the US with the the change of the the change of the administration there that it, uh, sanctions on Iran could be um, lifted and well, or the, the nuclear deal could be put back in place as long as, uh, of course, you know this this can be. Um, this can be thrashed out, and, and and Iran agrees to it, and agrees to 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 go along with the terms of that. But uh, do you see these um, the, these new joiners to the market um, having any impact um, in, in the near term in Libya's case, or, or probably in the longer term in Iran's case? And 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 how do you think that might affect um, things on the shipping side? Uh, I think what we have seen from OPEC Plus uh, Alliance only earlier uh, in uh, in December that the readjustment to uh, to the new realities with a uh, uh, with a lower level of oil demand than earlier anticipated and, and thus also with a, uh, a less steep cut in in production and, and with a monthly review of that uh, I mean they're doing the sensible thing here and they're doing the right thing but they are also adjusting to uh, to an outlook which is uh, somewhat darker than than earlier on and what could offset and of course could cause trouble also in in, in terms of handling this uh, uh, production cut uh, are those that, uh, that 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 stand perhaps in, in on the outskirts or or are not particular a signatory to to, to this deal. Um, most importantly, of course, U.S. that that have cut production quite significantly, but uh, but have the potential of, of producing at least a million barrels more a day than uh, than they currently do, and that dwarfs a little bit uh, the the much talk uh, we have seen about uh, Libya, because in my view, I think Libya is. Um, is a swing factor in the Mediterranean, but it's also a swing factor that that, that sits low right now. And and and, and I hate to say that uh, that it seems as if the civil war and, and the unrest in in Libya is still limiting somewhat the output. So so I'm I'm expecting uh, uh, more changes uh, coming from uh, from Iran, uh, not due to to changes to sanctions or, or the uh, the nuclear deal, but uh, but at least potentially uh, that uh, that that they hold. A much bigger output potential, uh, so they can uh, they can really put barrels into uh, into the market, and they can take uh, take uh, long haul barrels uh, into Far East uh, away from, um, from from the U.S. Uh, for instance, if 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 they decide to step in uh, with uh, with uh, the backing of uh, of the Chinese that have uh, that have proved more than ready uh, to buy uh, Iranian uh, cargoes uh, earlier on, and it seems as if also the uh, the refiners 
in, in, in China are quite flexible in terms of, uh, of taking oil from, uh, from many different places. Uh, they are not only going for, uh, for the sweet lights of, uh, of uh, Bonnie Offshore or in particular Angola uh, and the US, uh, they, they can also go for, for, for more heavy uh, crates uh, from, uh, from, from the Middle East. Uh, and, and Iran, I think, is, uh, is the trigger that, uh, that we should uh, pay close attention to, uh, not only on the geopolitical scene, uh, but, but, but also uh, on the scene where, where they may start pumping and may start uh, exporting in, in, in a way that they have done before, uh, where they basically do it uh, uh, against, against sanctions and, and, uh, and against those trying to, um, to, to change things in, in Iran because simply they need to raise revenue uh, so so that would be uh, a factor uh, coming into play for sure in uh, in 2021 but but of course I you, you know so sort of breaking that down a little bit um there, there may be a a short-term demand increase for for for, for oil shipping if, if that were to take place in Iran were to pick up its output but um, I mean fundamentally it would still be sending oil into the same world and and um you know long term in order for there to be uh, an increase in in vlcc demand or oil tanker demand and, and rates um you would need to see an, an actual pickup on on the on the oil demand side in refinery rates globally and in in uh, consumption of refined products and so on yeah very much so indeed um and um Wanna just just to to sort of shift away, I guess, from the 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 outlook on the on the commodity side and and move more towards the the shipping side. One of the uh, topics that gets talked about an awful lot um, in the oil and sorry in the shipping industry over the course of this year um, has been the fact that the the order book of of new tankers um, is at a very small level um, as a percentage of the of the overall fleet of the total fleet a much smaller level than it has been um, in, in in recent years before 2020 um, and I think there's 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 a number of reasons for that um, certainly that have been put forward I mean one of course being the the uncertainty around global demand that we've touched on at length um, and uh, one being uncertainty around what technologies are actually best for people to to go with um, considering the upcoming environmental regulations IMO 2030, IMO 2050 um, and, and, and also I suppose the difficulty potentially of getting capital investment at this point as well considering the state of uh, the economy in a lot of countries but there's because of the low order book uh, there, and there, there is talk that um, this could actually start to tighten uh, tanker supply uh, further down the line. I, I suppose we'd be looking sort of two, three years down the line, potentially um, when new tankers that were ordered in 2020 would start to be delivered. And um, I, I wonder, you know, you know, in your opinion, it is is now actually a good time for people to order tankers um, on on that basis, with a view to to them arriving in that market in in sort of two three years down the line, or, or do you see it differently from the uh, uh, you know you know from 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 the view that's that's quite often put put forward in the industry? I think uh, first up, I would like to to say that the order book to fleet the percentage is such a useless ratio i know it's it's widely referred to but uh, but but it's it's pure mathematics and and you 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 missed the main point here are we focusing uh, do we have a market which is already uh, satisfied with the 
with capacity? Do we have enough capacity to uh, to to meet the demand, or or, or uh, do we not have that kind of capacity? If we go back only only one year, we saw uh, growth in uh, in the crude uh, oil sector uh, of uh, of some five percent in terms of fleet growth and such a high uh, number is uh, is often not met by strong freight rates simply due to the underlying uh, more uh, general and tepid uh, demand growth i mean we must admit that we constantly still see and also expect for 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 years to come positive demand growth for oil uh, so the factor the swing factor uh, be, be, be where, where uh, freight rates are uh, decided to go low or go high is uh, is the number of new ships uh, so so right now i think we should uh, we should uh, focus on uh, how does the market look right now uh, and obviously when uh, when when you look at the market right now you uh, you you see freight rates being lost making you see uh, demand uh, has evaporated to a large extent so so do we really need new ships do we need more new ships uh, coming into the market one or two years from now is now a good time to uh, to order a new Ship. I say we uh, stick to the, the very large crude carriers. We still got uh, more than 60 very large crude carriers on the order book for delivery next year and, uh, and, and 2022. So, so it's not as if uh, the order book is, is completely running dry right now. Um, and, and in order to offset just a little bit of that uh, fleet growth or, or that impact of new ships coming in, um, we, we do not have a massive overhang of, of, of overage tonnage or at least not commercially viable tonnage anymore. If you go by another uh, rule of thumb uh, ratio, uh, you, you can say that uh, in, in, uh, in the range of uh, VLCCs being more than 20 years of age, uh, we, we have a little more than and 30 tankers in in that category so 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 there was there will, there will still be uh, a positive growth uh, in in the fleet so if you're really looking to uh, to to invest in uh, in shipping um you uh, you you need not to have uh, high uh, expectations for 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 return on on equity uh, unless you build against a uh, a long year time charter because of course when we talk about the the market as we do uh, right now we focus very much on the spot market and, and obviously there's so much more to uh, to to uh, shipping than than the spot market it's also that uh, that relationship that you have with the big cargo owners the the oil majors if uh, if if you can uh, bring around the the cash and the money and and the uh, the operational system to to run a, a new build fleet potentially with a scrubber invested on board uh, that uh, that cargo owner or that charterer may reward you with uh, with a 10 year deal worth uh, 34000 dollars a day uh, so so uh, in in that market you are secured a steady cash flow you are secured a solid return on your investment uh, but of course if you're more uh, cowboy capitalist uh, you uh, you head straight towards uh, the uh, the spot market, and, and then I, I think uh, you should uh, you should try and, and spot some of those uh, those uh, recently built uh, VLCCs if if that's what you're going for to see if uh, the, the current depressed markets uh, also uh, could offer some secondhand ships uh, built only a few years ago that uh, that is uh, is likely to uh, to be on the water whenever a a pickup uh, might uh, might show itself instead of waiting for uh, for a couple of years for for a new build uh, to deliver unless that of course is backed by a, a long uh, time charter so there's many aspects to consider of course when uh, when uh, when considering should i call my uh, uh, my shipyard or my broker to get in touch with uh, with the yard 
and get a quote uh, or, or should I hold my horses and, and make sure that uh, at least if if you already are an operating uh, a tanker owner right now, uh, take a look at the, the balance sheet, uh, uh, open your treasure chest, see how much cash do I have uh, left to, uh, to burn next year because uh, if you're operating in the spot market only, you may need some cash to burn uh, because uh, freight rates could sit somewhat south of break-even levels uh, for, for, for the the main parts of uh, of next year, if uh, if oil demand is not growing faster than uh, than is currently expected, so uh, so lots of thinking to do uh, before uh, before inking that contract, I would say. Yeah, and um, um, you you touched on it um, uh, briefly in your in your answer there. I think um, as you say, that there there maybe isn't a huge overhang of of if you look at VLCCs of, of vessels that are 20, 20 years old or more. Um, there is a, a, a you know a quite a large proportion of the fleet or around I think around a quarter of the fleet slightly more which is in the 15 years or older bracket um, which when we're looking at the spot market is is typically the age at which vessels stop being able to compete at the prevailing rates and have to offer a discount in order to secure business um, mm. uh, the, these older vessels I suppose are also likely to potentially be operating at, at higher costs um, etc and and with freight rates likely as you say or, or you know certainly it's possible that they could stay lower than break even um, for quite an extended period of time I think there's there's a feeling in the industry that you will start to see more scrapping and, and, and possibly the average age of, of vessels being scrapped moving lower than, than what it has been in previous years um, I mean I would caveat this by saying that we really haven't seen a pickup in scrapping yet. In fact, it's been at, at very low levels in 2020, but uh, there may obviously be other external factors um, causing that. And, you know, partly because rates are very high for part of 2020 and partly because potentially scrapping operations were disrupted by COVID and, and so on. But, I mean, do you see this this idea that, that scrapping will pick up significantly as 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 optimism, um, as realistic optimism, or um, um, are you are you maybe a little bit more uh, cautious on that when you look at things going forward now at the moment? I think what we need uh, in order to see a substantial uptake of uh, of ships being demolished is uh, freight rates to uh, to stay very low for a very long time uh, so so even though uh, i guess right now if you ask any any ship owner on 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 the street or operator in the market you would love to see a strong winter market come around to make some some money up front but uh, but from the fundamental perspective that is the one thing that will pause uh, the hiatus of of of, of scrapping ships uh, even more because uh, because as you, you point towards uh, yourself uh, ship owners and operators are an optimistic bunch they are diehard optimists so so if they see a winter market that uh, that would deliver a, a bit of profits uh, they may jump to the conclusion that ah, this overcapacity uh, in in the market is is not that uh, severe uh, we see demand already improving so uh, i'll hold my horses and, and try my luck and 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 keep uh, keep my ships uh, floating rather than 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 selling them for for recycling or uh, or at least uh, selling them off to uh, to uh, to another uh, owner with a with a different uh, pair of uh, spectacles looking at at, at the market uh, perhaps a little bit more rose tainted uh, than uh, than those that uh, that decide to 
to um, to, to sell the ships. Uh, but uh, but I think uh, I think you point to to, to a fact that um, when you look at uh, at Bimco shipping market uh, analysis and and how we see uh, the uh, uh, potential demolition. In, in, in the oil tanker business uh, next year, uh, we may sit amongst of, uh, have our expectations uh, lowest. Um, we do not see a massive flurry of, uh, of ships uh, being uh, being demolished. Having said that, I would love to be proved wrong on that because that would be of benefit to uh, to to uh, a, a recovery coming around sooner rather than later, uh, but uh, but uh, but I uh, I don't see and I don't buy the point uh, either that uh, that uh, even though we have uh, scrap steel prices uh, rising above four hundred dollars per lightweight ton right now, it is not the one thing that uh, that push owners into the, uh, the the scrapping market. It is a uh, consistently low freight market where making money is next to impossible that is the one thing that uh, that that push uh, ships out of the market uh, not uh, the, uh, the 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 small uh, cashback you get from uh, from from selling your your ship for for scrap even though as a vlcc may bring you uh, in 10 12 million dollars uh, uh, it's a it's a pure solitude or, or poor solitude for uh, for, for, for whatever uh, would otherwise be the case if, uh, if you were looking at a, a strong market and, and, and some of the fixtures that, that, uh, that we do still recall uh, quite clearly from, uh, from the, uh, the busy times in, in, in March and April. Uh, I mean, some journeys at that point in time made $12 million. Uh, so, so that was just uh, extraordinary and put it into to, uh, to, uh, to perspective also. Uh, but, uh, but going into uh, to 2021, I think obviously it will be a focus area for anyone to see will the uh, will we at some point in time see the floodgates open will we at some point in time see more owners ready to uh, to, to scrap their ships especially if if the winter markets uh, slow um, i think that is is the one thing that uh, that we need to uh, to uh, to have and uh, to see first and foremost uh, before we start uh, potentially to see those floodgates open if we get a strong winter market uh, it will be uh, a continued pause in uh, in the demolition market before we see a pickup there so i guess those are the uh, uh, the pros and cons or at least uh, the the dynamics in in, in the market uh, as as i see okay thanks and um i'm aware and un- un- unfortunately but this is a very much a um endorsement of uh, of your company and how interesting your answers are peter we're, we're definitely running very much over over time or over the planned time but there is one more subject that i um did want to touch upon uh, which is something which i know that bimco and and yourself has, has some quite strong views on which is the um recent discussion well um it was actually i think uh, voted on by the and, and passed by the European Parliament and is now going to be negotiated with the various EU member states for the shipping industry to be uh, included in the uh, European Emissions Trading Scheme. Um, now, just a bit of background on this the European ETS, the Emissions Trading Scheme, has been going on obviously for some years um, and the shipping industry uh, has always been excluded from that, has not been included. Um, and as I said, this vote has been taken and it 
well, the result is that it'll now be negotiated with member states that um, ships emissions or you know emissions coming from that from ships. Um, they, well, any ship I believe that docks in Europe um, will be subject to the European Emissions Trading Scheme um, and and costs costs included with that as well. Now the shipping industry has um, faced environmental regulation obviously before um, in a big way. Uh, IMO 2020 at the start of this year was I think supposed to be one of the one of the major factors driving the market this year and then got usurped by um, so <laughs> by some some other much more unusual and and and, and major factors that have happened um, over the course of 2020. But how do you see this EU ETS decision as 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 different from the uh, you know the IMO um, environmental regulations that the shipping industry has faced and and what's your what's your views around uh, around how, how sensible this is and how beneficial it'll be um, for uh, you know, in, in achieving in achieving the goal, Bimco is firmly against including uh, shipping into the EU ETS, and and it's not, of course, uh, because we are. Uh, it's, we were not against uh, cutting emissions, but uh, but obviously each EU ETS, they are missing the point here because EU ETS, including shipping into uh, to that uh, trading scheme, is not to cut emissions. It's the 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 uh, publicly stated uh, reason for including shipping into the EU ETS is to raise revenue, basically to uh, to 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 build this uh, these money to uh, to recover the uh, the economic uh, of 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 EU. Uh, so uh, so as um, well as you state uh, yourself, will it, this is not uh, decided yet. Uh, Bimco have. Uh, been uh, been vocal about our uh, position here. We support the work done by uh, the UN uh, agency, uh, the International Maritime Organization, and the work done within that um, institute. Because shipping needs global regulation, whereas regional or local regulation, which an EU ETS system would uh, would uh, comprise of, is not bringing around a level playing field and you're putting a tax on trade i mean shipping is all about facilitating trade eu is all about globalization and trade so if you put a tax on trade by including shipping into the eu ets you're going uh, against what uh, what would be good uh, in the end to uh, to 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 restore economic growth into the union uh, so uh, so so bimco is uh, is right now uh, working uh, to, uh, to 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 to, to make this uh, inclusion into the EUS uh, not happening. Uh, time will tell if, uh, if uh, the uh, politicians of Brussels will uh, listen and if they will uh, uh, go ahead. Um, just give me one example to, to wrap up here. I mean, uh, international aviation uh, calling European airports uh, was uh, was included uh, in 2012, I think. And, and, and it's not as if uh, emissions from airlines have uh, have uh, fallen uh, ever since uh, on the contrary they are up by some 26% since then so uh, so so this is just a matter of raising revenue not cutting emissions uh, cutting emissions can be done on a global scale in IMO uh, and and that is where Bimco is uh, putting uh, our efforts in order to uh, to bring around a uh, a non-carbon future around for the shipping industry.
Okay, well, um, thanks very much for that. And um, uh, I, as, I, as I said before, we're, we're obviously already well over time and, and I think it, it seems like a good place to wrap up. It's been absolutely brilliant to, um, to chat to you, Peter, and to hear your views on a, a variety of different topics. And um, uh, you, it's, as, as always, very interesting and, and very forthright on, on certain topics as well. Um, Argus freight coverage uh, can be found in a variety of places um, online on our way to freight uh, blog blogosphere um, and also of course in our daily um, reports our daily price reports and and daily news services that are available on Argus direct um, Peter maybe uh, you if, is there anything from the BIMCO side that you wanted to uh, bring up at this point I think if you are interested in uh, in following uh, shipping um market analysis from BIMCO and we, we aim at, at bringing unbiased views uh, to the market on, on where it's, uh, it's heading. So, uh, so we take no, uh, uh, no prisoners here when, uh, when, when, when stating our views because we believe that, uh, that our views uh, will, uh, will benefit you in the boardrooms uh, with, a, with an unbiased position uh, more than, uh, than a, a diehard optimist or a diehard pessimist view. But, uh, but check out uh, BIMCO.org because we have something uh, freely available to you and if you are interested of course uh, following uh, this uh, wonderful uh, podcast also to to check out some uh, some webinars that we have done check out also bimco's uh, youtube channel or uh, or my twitter account in uh, in the case uh, you you need um, more uh, rapid uh, comments on the uh, shipping market but uh, thank you so much for your kind attention thank you so much will for for uh, for an excellent talk here i really enjoyed this and uh, and uh, and a happy christmas to all of you yes and and i would second that of course thanks very much for listening and a happy christmas and uh, i hope a prosperous new year as well cheers cheers